1: Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Uh, We're going to jump right into our conversation with Stephen Mills of Positively Old Miss. Looking forward to uh, hearing everything that he has to say. But just so uh, you guys can get the full conversation without it being... um, interrupted uh, multiple times just kind of want to go ahead and give a shout out give some love to our friends at sweatblock sweatblock is doctor recommended doctor created you can apply it uh, once a week and you only have to uh, do, do that and so be sure to check them out at sweatblock.com use promo code locked on today to get 20% off at sweatblock.com also, this episode of Locked on Auburn is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for study group, knowing they'll have def- uh, dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. You got to love that. Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors in the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place to always look forward to stopping at at a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And uh, yeah, be sure to uh, think about Locked on Auburn when you're chowing down on those awesome McDonald's French fries. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Stephen Willis, uh, we're going to talk a lot Old Miss, and uh, y- y- we're talking before we hit record. You've got a ton of different things going on, man. Kind of give a, give the folks uh, a little teaser of what all you got going on.
0: Yeah, I do a daily live stream about Old Miss football called the Palmcast. That's um, at ten o'clock in the morning um, Central Time on uh, Monday. We do Beast of the East, which is about the Eastern Division of the SEC. Tuesday's best of the west about the western division of the SEC, and then tonight, um, I should say Wednesday, um, we do SEC after dark and just you know we rotate in personalities and out. Um, uh, but the whole goal is to provide content for people without necessarily having to subscribe to it, it's just going to be where you are already.
1: Sure, no, I think that's awesome, man. I think it's awesome. You do a great job for sure. I've been following you for. I don't know. We, we linked up over the off season. I think you had me on to talk about Auburn, Ole Miss, and I've been following you since. And you do a great job. So, Thank when you. when we previewed this matchup before the season started, um, I don't know. It, it's kind of gone the way that I think we both thought it would. I thought I didn't think Matt Corral would quite live up to the hype. I think he has. In fact, I think he's exceeded it to some extent. I've been very very impressed with him. Um, because I think he's able to do it all with his arm, and, and, and I think he's more athletic than I realized that he was. But, I mean, just your thoughts on this Ole Miss team going into Saturday.
0: I think um, this Ole Miss team, uh, and to kind of make it into a perspective that you can understand, it's kind of like Auburn in 2010 when y'all had Cam. Because on defense, when we have Jake Springer, he makes all the difference in the world, as you've seen the last couple of weeks. That's kind of like our Nick Fairley to go with Cam on the other side of the ball. And together, it just provides a matchup that other teams really can't keep up with. And, I mean, we're a little beat up right now. Our Ole Miss is a little beat up right now. But as they get healthier, healthier, they're going to get more dangerous.
1: What do you think about the offensive line? I mean, there's some health issues there going into Saturday's matchup, right? Did I hear that right earlier today?
0: Yeah, Ben Brown's out for the season. Um, I think he has to have bicep surgery sure. or had bicep surgery. Um, he's the probably the best offensive lineman that Ole Miss has. He played right guard, had like 40 starts coming into the season. But you, they're getting Caleb Warren back. He just missed a couple of games. He played a little bit against LSU. Okay. And he is sliding into that right guard, and then you have the transfer, Jordan Rhodes, and um, Orlando Omana kind of rotating on the other side with Bryce Ramsey, which they ran for with that combination. With Ben Brown not playing this weekend, they ran for 270 against LSU Saturday.
1: Sure, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the matchup of Auburn's defensive front versus Ole Miss's offensive line is where Auburn is going to need to excel to to win this game, to pull off the – if you want to call it an upset, Auburn's favored, but you know, Ole Miss is the higher-ranked team. But that, to me, is going to be it. I mean, Corral's not great under pressure, which is a little weird to me because he's so good with his feet and he's very mobile, but statistically, he just doesn't really get it done when it's pressured. The question is, what is Auburn going to do about that, right? Because at times, they'll just rush three or they'll just rush four. Not a whole lot of blitzing for this Auburn defense. What do you think that's going to look like on Saturday?
0: I think Auburn's going to try and take away the Ole Miss run game. That's what Tennessee did. That's what Alabama did. And that is really the key to stopping this offense from getting going because if this offense gets going, it's, you can't stop it. It's one of those things where they'll put up 650 yards and you'll wonder how it happened. I mean, it's absolutely weird. But um, Tennessee stopped the run, slowed down the offense, made things a little bit herky-jerky. Alabama stopped the run. That obviously made the offense herky-jerky in the beginning, and then Lane panicked, and Alabama was able to get the big lead, and we all know how that happened. So that's probably the avenue that Auburn's going to take in this game, is trying to take away the run game. Now, Ole Miss, on the other side, they're going to try to establish that run game, because everybody assumes with Lane Kiffin this is a passing offense.
1: This they were the number like, one rushing team in the in the conference yeah, last year.
0: They're running for 260 yards a game this year. So mm-hmm. that misconception has been the death knell to a lot of teams. like that. Whenever you see teams play that drop eight coverage yep. uh, like that, it's just suicide against Ole Miss because they're just going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball.
1: It's so funny that you talk about Tennessee trying to slow down the running game for Ole Miss, but Corral had like 200 yards rushing or something like that. It seemed like it was all in third down.
0: Yeah, on uh, Tennessee's defense, they tried to take away the outside of the field and prevent the big plays, but they left the middle of the field yep. open. And um, the running backs were so keyed on, you could use the extra man with a quarterback and just attack that. It was, like I said, when I compared him to Cam early, that was a very much a Cam-like performance.
1: I get that. I get that. Doing whatever mm-hmm. it takes to kind of mm-hmm. have the most points at the end of the game. What did you think at the end of that? You know, you're an old Miss guy watching the end of that Ole Miss-Tennessee game with them throwing all the trash on the field and had to, you know, get the students to leave. And then somehow, when it was all said and done, Tennessee had a few shots of the end zone at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, it was a weird night. I um, actually, um, I moved down in Florida now, but I moved down here from the Nashville area. Okay. So I know a lot of Tennessee people and, and have some connections to that program. Sure. And it honestly, it was just embarrassing for the state of Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it was a horrible look. Now, Tennessee... For 59 minutes of that game, it was an unbelievable atmosphere, unbelievable yeah. game. They did everything right. And then you have this red X, this drawn over, that everybody's going to remember um, what happened. And that game was lost for Tennessee, honestly, when um, Hendon Hooker got hurt. When Joe Milton mm-hmm. came in, I mean, it, it was essentially
1: over at that you point. You say that, but that first throw to the end zone, it was a very, yeah. it was a catchable ball, you know?
0: Yeah, it was, but um, it would have taken some go-go um, gadget arms for that wide You're receiver. Right. I think he was completely fully extended. You're right. Um, but, he, yeah, it was definitely a good throw. Um, we also joke about the last play of that game is um, Joe Milton said the PA announcer said to quit throwing things on the field, so he took that advice.
1: <laughs> That's a good joke. I like that. I like <laughs> that. All right, Steven, so uh, let's flip sides of the football here. So let's talk about Auburn's running game versus – this old Miss defense. Auburn started out the season one of the most efficient running attacks in college football. Granted, it was against Akron and Alabama State, but even against Penn State, they were able to run the football. But really, ever since that point, you know, they had that scare with Georgia State, but conference play starts, and it's like, okay, Auburn should be able to run it against LSU because everybody's been able to run it against LSU, and they weren't able to. Um, same story with Arkansas. You're hearing similar things say like Auburn should be able to run it against Ole Miss, but um, I don't know. Until they do it, I'm just not going to buy it.
0: Yeah, LSU um, ran the ball for, I think, 77 yards last weekend. Ole Miss did a great job against the run. They did a great job defensively, as yes, it is. And I think LSU, even though the schemes aren't exactly the same, that pro-style spread stuff that Brian Harson does is kind of similar to what um, LSU is trying to do. Now LSU, LSU does not have as good as players as Auburn, right. but it's almost yeah it's almost a scout team facsimile of what Auburn is going to try and do. Now I expect the thing that scares me watching this game as a fan would be the Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter getting loose on the edges because that's mm-hmm. the weakness of this Iowa State style defense is on the edges right there, not necessarily the the sweep because their athleticism can get where they're going but kind of downhill right off tackle. And that's what LSU tried to exploit last week. They could not. Can they do it with a good player like Tank Bixby and Jarquez Hunter? Also, Jarquez Hunter, we talked about him in the preseason preview a little bit. And heck of a player. That's a good get for you guys.
1: No, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was kind of this talk of how's he going to get playing time because Sean Shivers, but Sean Shivers had to miss some time and then – Man, Jarquez Hunter kind of took that position and hasn't looked back. So good for him, good for him for sure. Yeah, I'm just, just so last week or, or last game, Arkansas primarily ran a three man front and then they brought a fourth guy to the line for the game plan against Auburn. Old Miss, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Ole Miss does a lot of three man front stuff, right? Do you think there's any chance that they kind of change that defensive front up for uh, for this Saturday?
0: Ole Miss does um, remarkably similar similar things to what Arkansas does.
1: Okay, that's what I thought.
0: What you what the what you need to recognize from the Auburn Arkansas game is Arkansas did not have Jalen Cattamon, and that is the keystone to that whole defense. Now Jay, um, Jake Springer at Ole Miss is our Jalen Cattamon. He's back. Okay, he allows us to do. Three-three stack type stuff instead of just the three-two-six Iowa State stuff. So we will mix up our defenses from time to time. It will prim- primarily be out of a three-man um, front, and they're going to heat up the quarterback from time to time. I think the last two weeks we've had five seconds.
1: Now, and that's a big part of it. And you know, Auburn's offensive line's been a big talking point. The, you know, with, with the left tackle. Is it gonna be Troxel? Is it gonna be Killian Zaire? I thought Zaire looked better than Troxel had. Um, but we'll see. It looks like it's gonna be Troxel on Saturday. As far as um, as far as the Auburn receivers versus the Ole Miss defensive backs, kind of give us your thoughts on, on that specific matchup.
0: I I'm not overly worried about that just because the numbers we the Ole Miss throws back. They, there's a lot of drop eight that happens from time to time with eyes on the quarterback. And okay. Bo Nix has been remarkably efficient this season, but there's always the expectation that he could throw you one. And I'm not really worried necessarily. Demetrius Robinson um, is a good player. Robertson, um, yeah. He, yeah. He, he came came from Georgia, a little bit worried about him. I think he's the deep threat for Auburn this year.
1: Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, but haven't, haven't they had a little case of the drop season as this season has gone?
1: On? Yeah, it's been really bad. It was worst against Georgia. PFF said seven. Other places said nine. The, the radio broadcast said 12. I think that was a little extreme, but yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the big question was just like, can they ever put it all together? And then they finally put it all together against Arkansas. And it's like, oh, that's what that looks like. Um, because guys have been able to get open and that's been the issue at Auburn over the last decade with the Malzahn system. It's like they're either wide open because play action worked or he just, he couldn't scheme guys open past that. And you're starting to see Mike Bobo get these guys open consistently and Bo's hitting them a lot often and, you know, people want to nitpick because Bo Nix, for some reason, people love to hate on Bo Nix. But I think Bo Nix has been really, really solid this year, and so he's going to be—you know—he's going to need a good game to kind of keep pace with Corral in this one. But I think he's perfectly capable of doing it.
0: Yeah, and, and and as Ole Miss, we understand what good Bo and bad Bo sounds like and looks like because we went through that for three years with Bo Wallace. Sure, and they caught the media. Doctor kind of, looks, yeah kind of just transferred that over to Bo Nix a little bit. That's it. Um, So I I do think Bo Nix is is the key in this game. It's one of those games. I interviewed – I have a show called Talking Ball on my channel that comes out on Thursday nights at 6 o'clock that has Bill Flowers on it. And Bill Flowers played at Ole Miss back in the day, and he was talking about – I asked him, what was the loudest stadium you went to? And he just, without hesitation, said Jordan Harris. And he said it was the only stadium he went to that he could actually feel the noise. So I think teams are going to be up. Now, if Ole Miss didn't have to go to Bryant-Denny and that Tennessee mess didn't happen, they would be uh, more likely to be influenced by the crowd. But it's going to be a tough environment. Teams are going to get up for the top 10 coming into your place. Sure. It it just is.
1: Right. We'll continue our conversation in, in just a moment. But, hey, today's show... Brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Why uh, choose to spend more money when you can spend less money at rockauto.com? Check out rockauto.com. They're very easy to use websites. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. And write Locked On Auburn in there. How did you hear about us, BOTS? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. we low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Also, today's show brought to you by betonline.ag. It's the best place in the world on the entire internet to uh to wager on all of your sports predictions. I know you listen to these shows, you listen to uh, hopefully a number of locked on shows so you know your stuff. Uh get in the game, get involved in the action. Use promo code locked on when you go to betonline.ag and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Stephen Willis, our guest today on today's Locked on Auburn, doing a little crossover action. Really appreciate your time, brother. So it surprised me a little bit that Ole Miss was only, what they opened as like a .5 favorite, and now the line has shifted to where uh, it's, it's three most places, but I've seen a few places where it's three and a half. Um, does that surprise you?
0: No, I actually called this earlier in the week. I okay. um, I figured that it would open at one or so, um, and then it would bet during the week once the general public got on it, it would raise that line. And I figured it's going to It's going to close somewhere around five on Friday.
1: You think it, it gets be. that far?
0: Yeah, four and a half or five, just wow. because they're going to bet on it. And then the Sharks are going to come in on Saturday before the game starts, and they're going to bet it down. At kickoff, it'll be three and a half or
1: something okay. like that. So you think the money will be on Ole Miss?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I don't know. I think so.
0: It's one of those games. I'm, I'm sitting here playing in my head what's going to happen, and I genuinely don't know. It's one of those things. That, um, Ole Miss could go out and lay an egg, and Auburn could win by three touchdowns. Ole Miss could win by three touchdowns. Sure. It could be a close game either way. I just I just don't know. It could. It just. It's going to be a fun SEC game.
1: Steven, let me tell you this. So after the Arkansas game, you know Ar- Auburn went into this, and you kind of got the sense of like. This was the season. The fans felt it. The team felt it. The coaching staff talked about it. And going into the bye week, it just seems like they could go all in on it. And then if they win, they get a week off and they can kind of get ready for, you know, the, the rest of the season, which is Ole Miss and AM. Then you got two games with State, Mississippi State and, uh, and South Carolina. Then it's like, all right, then, you know, hopefully from an Auburn perspective, that SEC West championship is, is the Iron Bowl this year. And after this team beat Arkansas, just talking to folks throughout this bye week, it just seems different. It seems different. And I think a lot of that energy is being geared and focused on what's going to happen Saturday night at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And I just, I was not confident about this game pre-Arkansas. But the way that this team has responded to things it's going to be fascinating and really, really interesting to see what happens because you're totally right. Either of these teams, I think the way that both of these teams are constructed currently, either of them could, could could play their best games of the season or absolutely lay an egg. And I don't know which way it is going to go.
0: Yeah, it's going to depend on which offense can play clean. No penalties, no turnovers. If you take care of the ball and you're not penalized like Ole Miss leads the world in penalties this year for whatever reason,
1: is it a specific um, but, kind of penalty? Is, is it holding? Is it DPI? I mean, is it a specific thing? It, 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 it's just poorly
0: timed penalties. It might be really? a DPI um, on a play, and, and those only seem to happen on third down. Um, they could have a 30-yard They've had multiple 30-yard runs called back for holding this year. And it's just, you look down and it's like, okay, that's another 100 yards today. Right. and And it's just not a good look. And if this team ever plays clean, I think they have a chance to be really, really good. But just getting to that clean would be a problem.
1: (laughs) Do you think history of rivalries matter in games like this? I mean, Auburn, it's a very lopsided series history between Auburn and Ole Miss. And over the last decade, I mean, you've seen Auburn running backs just totally pop and emerge uh, against Ole Miss. Does that matter going into a game like this? It matters
0: to fans. Mm -hmm. probably not to the team team probably has no idea what's going on, but the fan base, I'll put it to you like this. The fan base could get talking to where let's say Tennessee has lost to Alabama for 15 years. And all of a sudden the fan base is saying over and over, we haven't beat this team in 15 years. Everybody's talking. And then it becomes a narrative. Then it might affect the team. Then you have a situation like the goat with Chicago way back in the day, if you remember that. And it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, but I think the Ole Miss game, Ole Miss wins just enough that they've been doing it, like, every four or five years to stay relative to where it doesn't get to one of those crazy things.
1: Yeah. It's like 34-10 and 10 all time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was surprised. I knew it's been, like, pretty slanted towards Auburn recently, but I didn't realize, like, historically, like, it's kind of always been that way. I, I didn't realize it was that lopsided.
0: Yeah, you should see our record against Alabama. We don't do well against your state.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but to be fair, a lot of people (laughs) don't do good against Alabama, so that's just not that's not just the all thing. So, well, man, no, I I appreciate your time. So, give me, I mean, give me your fun. Is it too early in the week for you to give a score prediction? Do you feel comfortable doing that yet?
0: Um. Yeah, I I think we could do that. I think uh, I'm I'm thinking Ole Miss is going to pull the game out. It's going to be a 31 to 28 game. I don't know if it's going to be a touchdown at the end. Uh, I just have a feeling that something wild is going to happen at the end of the game. It's either going to come down to a field goal or a touchdown. But this is a razor-close game. Auburn's a good team.
1: Do you think think Ole Miss gets the help that it needs if they went out? Because they still need Alabama to lose a game, right? Well,
0: if Ole Miss can get past Auburn, if Ole Miss can get past Auburn, they do not leave the state of Mississippi again. They have a three-game home stretch. They get, And the only game in there is Liberty, A&M, and Vanderbilt at home. So if they can get A&M, then they have the Egg Bowl at the end. And, I mean, they have a chance to run this thing if they can get out of Jordan Head. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, any any worry at all about that Liberty matchup? I know a few people have kind of circled that one as a potential a potential shocker with Malik Willis.
0: Yeah, they lost to Louisiana Monroe.
1: Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah, the, I just had to ask. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, the – the influence of that game as far as a major, because it is a major track game. It's right, right after you and right before A&M. Mm-hmm. So they had it all set up. Um, but whenever they started losing games, it kind of just lost its luster.
1: Sure. Steven, tell folks again where they can find, uh, find you and all your content on the social media and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, you can catch us on YouTube at positively Old Miss subscribe, hit the bell. Um, you'll not only know what that we're streaming, you'll know what we're streaming about. We're also having a podcast. You can search on all your podcatchers, Positively Ole Miss, and see us there. And we do Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, Positively Ole Miss.
1: Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Good luck, guys. Hey, thank you, brother. We'll be back tomorrow with a Ferg Friday as Justin Ferguson will join us right here on Locked on Auburn.